What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Crazy Face Uno podcast. I'm your host, Shane McNeely. And just a reminder, Crazy Face Uno is inspiring others to do good and make a difference in our local and global communities. And I am super excited to have a longtime friend, an old college friend, as well as a man who is kicking ass and taking names. Uh, his name is Jonathan Moya. Welcome, Jonathan. Hey, Shane. How are you? Thanks for having me on, brother. Absolutely, dude. I'm super pumped to have you on. You've got some really fun stuff going on in your life right now. Um, and I've I've honestly, I was telling my wife, I've, I've, I'm like, I, I sent Jonathan a, an invite. I want him to be on the podcast. He's got some really <laughs> cool stuff going on. I'm like, I hope I hope he wants to do it, you know? Um, I'm always like, yeah. I'm always surprised and I'm always like so blessed and honored to have people say yes to being on the podcast. I don't know why I feel so like I'm, I'm asking something of someone, but, um, thank you so much for being here. I think it's really cool what you're doing and I'm excited to get into it and talk with you a little bit more. For sure, man. Yeah. I'm excited to just kind of share more. I think, uh, all of our stories are are so unique and so different. And I think the, the thing about sharing stories is that some of, some part of our stories are really easy to share right yeah and there's other parts of our stories that are just hard and they take time yeah and um, i think that's one thing that i've been just kind of in this season of my life it's just like i think diving into like what are some of those more like um intentional and hard things that like i need to be more vocal about and i need to share and like i think i don't know i'm just excited to see where the conversation leads today so thanks for providing this opportunity absolutely absolutely and as I kind of said in the beginning, we first met in college. Yeah, at don't, Bethel. <laughs> yeah, Bethel. So, you know, we did the Bethel Boys series, and, and we just talked about that before we started the podcast, about how you were listening yeah. to some of those and really, like, reminiscing um, uh-huh. about some of those moments. And it's it's great to, like, have these. You, The guys that I've had on, you know, are some of the, the closest friends that I had in, in you as well. Like, you're, you're one of my yeah. close friends back in college as well. And, you know, we did a lot of things together. Yeah. I don't remember. Do you remember like the first time we, we met? I don't really oh remember. Oh my gosh. I was thinking a little bit about that. And I, I think there's so, I know that we did a couple of different things together. Like obviously we were doing invisible church and stuff while yeah. in college, but I feel like I wonder, and I don't know if this is exact, but you, you also played soccer and I was mm. friends with like all the soccer guys. Yeah. So I wonder I, I, and it might have been. I feel like that might have been both of those things. I don't know if it was through like Manu. Remember Manu? Yeah. Uh, or I feel like if we it met. It's like, yeah. I feel like we met um, the girl I was dating my freshman year over in the okay. what or sophomore year maybe. What was that? Okay. Those, those uh, dorms, those like apartment dorm deals. Uh, I feel like Rams maybe we are, met. No, not Rams. You know I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah but the ones off the road. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, maybe it was there, but yeah, we really got to know each other. I feel like through our Invisible Children Club at Bethel, yeah. and you jumped right in and, and wanted to be a part. And you yeah. started up a couple different groups. You know, you did the Tom's group there, and I was yeah. a part of that with you. And yeah, you've always been involved in some really cool causes and and caring about the world. And yeah. it's no surprise that we're having a conversation now in, in a lot of respects. So yeah, I think I was. You know, I was thinking about, as I was telling you earlier, right before we started recording, like, um, as I was just kind of reminiscing a little bit um, from some of your previous guests on this podcast, 
Um, I realized that um, back in college, I've I always had this desire for to be involved in things that were just like bigger and greater than myself. Right. And in some cases, I see like I see you and your group of friends being extremely influential in my life because i think like i'm older i was like i don't know if you're too older yeah but i don't know that at least back then and i've always been like this at least back then i was in one to like maybe and i don't know if it was because of i didn't feel completely comfortable or i didn't have like the necessary resources to like get involved but even then like none of us did right right but you guys i felt like you guys were just daring I think, at least from my perspective, <laughs> yeah, and you just like did things, yeah, and like I just came along. <laughs> well, see, I you know, feel like, like that I in some ways. Heat for anything. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that way in some ways too, though. I mean, um, I would say you know I, I was inspired by, the boys in the in the, in the house, you know, like yeah, Calvin and Tyler and and Sam yeah. and Tony and these guys were always pushing. I think we fed off of each other. I think we like push each other. Matt was another one. We talked about Matt before and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, you had just unfortunately through the podcast is how you you learned of Matt's passing and, and, um, whatnot. But those, those guys were so influential, not only in my life and in your life, but I think that really honestly, like, and you're included in this, you may not feel it. And, and I get that because I don't necessarily feel it too, but I've heard so many positive things come from the conversations I've had, um, uh, from old college friends being like, yeah. uh, you, you guys inspired me so much or like you really challenged me and, and, yeah. and all that. And man, I think we, we're, we're trying to blaze our own trail in some ways. And, <laughs> you know, you look back and sometimes I'm sure I, I know for sure that we didn't do things maybe the necessary, the right ways, but yeah. we were trying to do good and we were trying to do the best that yeah. we could and I'm, at that moment that's what i think that's the you know the decisions that we made the decisions that led us to the things that we did and i mean that's what made sense right and that's yeah. what we're passionate about and i think like i would say that in many ways we're just kind of following our heart and in the intuition of 100%. like this matters and we just want to be involved because yeah. you know I, I just think about like some of the um some of the things i remember like um the rescue in Chicago. Yeah. Um, you the know, children, like the rescue, yeah. like that was, <laughs> I don't know. The, I mean, like I remember people from Bethel, like there was a lot of people in Chicago, but like not, it was a small group from Bethel that actually did it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I just feel like that initiative, um, like, like it took some risk mm. and like, <laughs> yeah, I definitely didn't pass a couple finals because of that. <laughs> I think I remember that now. Oh my gosh. I'm pretty oh. sure I went back and took two in one day. I yeah. like got my professors to be like, hey, I'm doing this thing. Can I like come take them later? Yeah. And I just took them and I think I got a D on one and I'm pretty sure I failed the other one. But That's one thing that I do not miss about college. Oh. It's like homework and like yeah. finals and just like, to be really honest with you, like, Every once in a while, I'll have, like, a nightmare of, like, <laughs> I didn't finish, like, that one class, so therefore, like, you know, and hence, like, I'm already, like, 10 years or more, like, out of college, you right. know, but it's just, like, it still haunts me, yeah. you know, in my dreams, and I'm like, no. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, that's so crazy. What was your major? So, I, so I ended up uh, graduating with a liberal arts degree. Okay. 
and so in college i had several passions right and so yeah. i think i went in um thinking that i was going to just kind of go down the computer science kind yeah. of road yeah but then i think i started realizing that my passions were obviously so i'm mexican right and yeah um i really wanted to use you know just my language skills and whatever I did in my life, I wanted to uh, do missions just because I think in many ways that just gave me access to like the world and people mm -hmm. of the world. Yeah. Um, I wanted to do just like, well, ministry, you know, just in general. And then I think what the, the big thing for me was just kind of justice. I think yeah. um, so much of what we were just talking about, I think is around justice issues. And yeah, for sure. uh, because we were at, um, at Bethel, you know, um, a Christian institution, like I think in many ways, um, the way that I, and the way that I kind of saw that was, you know, I think, um, to, to do missions. And so in many ways, that's how I grew up and I was influenced by that. And that was kind of the path, you know, that I think kind of just led me to, um, the, my college years because I, I was telling my advisor that and I said, well, here's what I want to do. Like, I want to still use computers. I want to speak Spanish. I want to, you know, yeah. do ministry and missions. Like, is there a major for that? And he just said, <laughs> well, you can do all those things and just do it under the liberal studies path or whatever. And I'm like, okay, well, well that makes sense. He's like, yeah, it'll, it'll come together one way or another. It'll come together. So, you know, I just kind of trusted it. And yeah, Honestly, like, I was so surprised because it did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was unbelievable, but, um, but yeah. Do you ever look back and, like, if you were to go back now, would you still do the same same path? Would you go down that same road? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question because I don't know that I would change. I don't know that I would change it because so much of what happened in my early 20s yeah. I think has led to like my early 30s you know what I mean sure and so like I think if I would have changed one thing like my trajectory of just you know my life in the last decade like I don't know like every whether it was a really good situation or like a hardship in my life I feel like has played a role into shaping who I am now yeah. and honestly like um, I would just do it the same. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, like, which is actually really cool. I don't. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that, you know. I, yeah. I, I obviously, I, a thousand percent positive, I wouldn't go that direction. Uh -huh. But For sure. at the same time, there's a lot of things that, um, that have made me who I am because of the direction mm -hmm. I have gone. You know. For um, sure. For sure. But yeah, it's really cool. I, I actually, I really respect that. I think that's awesome. That that's something that you would um, continue to do. And and, and yeah. And see those things as, yeah, I've gone through some hardships, but they've also gotten yeah. me to where I am. And I can't agree more that it's, it's, there's a, there's a way about going, going through life and you look back and you can always see things and be like, oh, that's, maybe sure. that's why I went through that. You know, it's, <laughs> it's provided me with this yeah. X, Y, Z, but, um, yeah. And I, I have some of those things too. So that's really yeah. cool. And, you know, I think there, there's always things like, man, like, could have been 
better at like this friendship or this relationship or sure. could I have been like a better friend could I have been like a yeah. better student could I have been like all those things yes you know but at the end mm-hmm. of the day like on a bigger picture scale thing it's just like I for me I'm, I'm a huge believer in that you know yeah. I'm a huge believer that like uh, the path that we're on like you know and the things that we're facing like are leading to something uh, for me that I see them as lessons for me I see them as like what can I learn right now and so um that's kind of I don't know that's kind of the way I tackle mm-hmm. life so yeah um, well and I'm I, I I agree I'm not complete I'm I'm still going and yeah, uh, man. you know I've made a lot of mistakes in my life I made I've I've done things. I've I've said things. I've have relationships that I wish would have gone differently, or whatever yeah. that might be. But um, I'm not done, and and I'm totally. continually working to be the best version of myself as I can be. And yeah, it takes it takes time and it takes work, and um, yeah, I'm I'm up for that challenge, I guess. But you have so it's funny because you moved to Minnesota. Uh, yeah. when I was there and we, we got to be, you know, we, we hung out a few times, but, yep. um, life is crazy. Like we said before, before we started recording, um, we didn't stay super close or stay in touch uh-huh. super well. Um, I mean, that's, that's on both of us for sure. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you're now married. Yes. You also have a nine month little boy. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you've got you've got that going on in your life. So, oh yeah, which is awesome. How is fatherhood? Oh my goodness, honestly, like I don't know that when you picture yourself as a dad, I don't know that I ever even took time to do that or even knew what that was gonna be like. Yeah, but I love it. I That's love awesome. it. I I don't think. I think Megan and I, my wife and I always look at each other and we're like, oh my gosh, we have a kid. (laughs) And we never knew that you could just love someone that much. Yeah. And like just kind of cherish the life of your little one so much. Yeah. And, and honestly, like, like, yeah, parenting, I mean, you know, he's nine months, so we're, I don't think we've experienced like hardship with him yet. You know, he's not a teenager, but like, like it changes your life. It changes for me to really honest, like it changes the way I see the world. It changes the way I process the world around me. It changes the decisions that I'm making in my life because all of a sudden it's just not, not me anymore. You know, like, yeah, before yeah. Megan and I, and we're married and like took that into consideration. But now it's more like, man, like the future is not like my own anymore. It's mm. like my, the future belongs to like, my kid yeah and hopefully my future kids and like what am i leaving behind how am i you know what am i doing that's gonna like set them up in a way that you know um it's gonna it's i'm I'm introducing to them you know the things that like matter to me the things that are important in my life and the way that i think you know in, in many ways like are are impacting you know the world around us so sure absolutely transform your whole life man that's awesome yeah i'm I hope to someday be a father. Um, yeah. You know, that's definitely in something that Dana and I, my wife, uh, want as well. Um, yeah. We're taking our sweet old time with that. So. Yeah, man. Well, Sorry, listen, Mom. Listen, don't rush <laughs> it by any means, but when it happens, yeah. it's, 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 it's great. It's great. Yeah, so speaking to some of the things that I think will be really cool for you to 
tell your son about someday or yeah. tell your kids about is um, your involvement in a group called Experience Missions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I was saying earlier a little bit about kind of like, oh, yes, well, what was your major in college, right? And I wanted to use all those different things uh, in the workforce. Yeah. Um, I never anticipated that it would actually like come about because uh, one of um, actually my only job after college, right. almost 10 years after college that I, that I was involved in. And then I had, it was, I started with an internship and it started with an organization called experience mission, which, um, uh, I did a summer internships while in college then did like a, um, I don't know, like a six month kind of long term internship with them. And then I came on full time and it's basically their mobilization missions agency. Uh, they are, um, an organization that works in many communities around the world and specifically my involvement with them not only uh during college but even um as an employer um i was able to just kind of be my title was a regional coordinator so i was able to um develop partnerships and do ministry and mission work alongside many international partners and uh for about 10 years of my life like that job took me to many different places uh, around the world i mean all over latin america the caribbean in places where uh, when i think about like what i cared about in college it mm-hmm. just like followed up and in many ways kind of increased that passion for yeah. the world, passion for people, passion to like in, in many ways um, bring, um, I don't know, just like fight the injustice, you know, that many yeah. people around the world are going through. And so I can't even, I mean, where do I begin? Because so much of who I am as an adult in many ways is shaped by by the things that we care about and the things that we do. And in, in this case, for me, uh, Experience Mission as an organization and the friendships that I developed there um, are, are still greatly influential in my life. Um, and so the partnerships that I developed, I, you know, I don't know that, um, that I would have been to Haiti right after the earthquake when it right. happened, you know, yeah. if it wasn't because I, I was in that role. Which we've uh, talked I, a lot about because we both have been to Haiti yeah. right after that, yeah, and, exactly. which was a, a unique experience that we both got to exactly. experience, experience as well. And dude, I have to say like experience missions and in, in your job was 100% uh, and probably in a lot of ways still is <laughs> uh, like my G my dream job in a lot uh, of ways. Like, yeah, I, I really, Again, I put you, I, I don't, it's funny because you were talking about how us as this Bethel group and you included me into that. Like, I just, sometimes I don't feel like that was my role or my place or, you know, it's hard yeah. to see how people look at you, but like, I really looked up to you and, and I really hold you to a high, a high uh, regard um, in my life is, is something you so you've done. You, you're just an amazing man and, and you've been doing some really great things. So, um, yeah, that's, that's really cool. Sorry, I yeah, kind of cut I, you off there, but <laughs> no, no, no. It's 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 great. I think I, I've been I've I, I'm asking myself since I started listening to some of the episodes this last week, like yeah, um, why wasn't I the type of person that just kind of took initiative? 
mm. because like I think in college I was like I wanted to I had the desire I had this like I think I, I wanted the drive but I I don't I don't know why I didn't you know and so yeah but but you and I include you and, and, and everybody else you know that was that was kind of leading this um, during college for us like like you guys set forth at least in in my life a way to get involved a way to do things and i think that as i've gotten older i've been able to discern like you know stepping into a moment and the opportunity uh right in front of me and like just kind of daily you know like going after it and so yeah uh, going back to like my time at experience mission like i think about um the moment you know the earthquake happened in Haiti and the work that I was able to do after that I think about um when um the relations starting started again uh during the Obama presidency in Cuba yeah um you know I was able to shortly right after that uh start kind of bringing some conversation and partnership development and yeah. eventually leading some, uh, you know, ministry and mission teams to Cuba. Right. I think about like, you know, like the hurricane in Houston, you know, and like I was there right after, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and I don't know that I would have been ready to really just like step into things and and when i think about all of that like so much of it is just like the comfortability or or how comfortable i am with stepping into like hard situations and stepping into things that are going to demand a lot of me but it's like it's just the way i've lived my life yeah you know what i mean yeah like um and this goes even further back to like my childhood and my just my family immigrating from Mexico into the United States, like, you know, and like that was uncomfortable, but yet like I lived that I've survived that. Yeah. I think about like growing up in a, in a, um, you know, in a culture or in a community where I'm, everything's binational, it's bicultural, it's building bilingual, you know, mm-hmm. in two languages. And so like, I've just, I think college maybe sped that up a little bit for me and then when i was finally out in the workforce and had all these opportunities to be involved in like international work and development work like i just kind of man i took the bulls by the horn and just like dove into it yeah i i see that as well i mean you you really did you you were you were a trailblazer in and of itself and and being a part of those things and stepping up and and taking um, taking initiative, which is funny because yeah. you know, it, I've been. This is something I don't know if I've mentioned it on a few podcasts, but listening to the podcast afterwards, um, mm-hmm. in the beginning especially, I've always been like, oh, I've been, I'm, I'm super critical or hypercritical of myself anyway. But uh, I've always been like, oh man, I don't know if that sounded good. Like, I. That didn't, totally. that didn't go the way I wanted it to. And then I listened to it and I was like, oh, yeah. it was fine. Like, it, it honestly was fine. Like, there's an internal conversation that's happening. And one, that's something I've really been working on as of late is, like, the self-talk and positive self-talk and not tearing yeah. myself down but yeah. but building myself up. And I and I wonder in some ways if, if that wasn't part of it. You know, for, for me in college, for me, for you, I mean, for all of us is this, like, lack of confidence but where does that come from and and yeah kind of figuring some of that out as we go because 
it's just so interesting that the perspectives, like I, it gives me chills literally hearing you talk about how, you know, the group of guys that we kind of ran around with, how the influence that they've had and the influence that we've all had on one another is, is amazing. And just that perspective, um, on life, which is, (laughs) I don't know, it's just crazy to think and look back and be like, man, People see things totally different than I've seen them. And mm. if I saw them through the same lens as they did, like think about how much more I could do and how much more of a capacity yeah. I would be able to, you know, help people and do good and, and make a difference. Yeah. And, um, I think that that's one of the biggest motivators for me to, to change my perspective on myself and change my perspective on, on life in some ways, I guess. But yeah. Um, what are some of the things, I mean, you mentioned a few things with experience missions, what are some of your fondest memories or some of the, you know, I know there's some cool projects you worked on and yeah. um, what are some oh things gosh. you're proud of or things that you've done that you're, that you would love to highlight? I, yeah. I'd love to hear so, some stories. So it's interesting that we're kind of talking a little bit about that because so, so I, I was employed and uh, connected to the organization and I, in many ways I, I still am connected, but yeah. um, just about a year um and I don't know, six months ago or so, um, I made a transition in my life. And so uh, currently I'm no longer with the organization, but, yeah. uh, but man, like, like I said, 10 years, like I have really great friendships with um, a lot of people that are still part of that team. Yeah. And um, most importantly too, like I still continue the, my relationships uh, with some of the community partners that we work with. Uh, some of my greatest, um, I think, friendships you know are is a couple in costa rica that i consider family victor and sarah yeah um and we were able to i was um able to work with them you know uh in this kind of community development endeavor um to not only bring short-term mission teams in but also to 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 speak and to tackle what does sustainability mean you know for community that is in this kind of cycle of poverty uh i think about uh willie santiago um a a great dear friend who helped start uh the home church movement in cuba during um the oppression or even just like the communism you know in cuba Mm -hmm. when it was illegal when he could have um been incarcerated and even faced death but yet like his faith was more important and so like honestly like even just those two and and there's many more like i think about some of some of the guys that i worked with in haiti and like their survival story after the earthquake like honestly many of those are are just impactful stories that i just cherish those friendships. I cherish those connections because, um, like I was saying, in, in many ways, those things help shape my outlook in life. They help shape the future of my work, the yeah. future of who I am as a, you know, as an individual, and the things that I care about, and the things that I choose to spend my time with. And so, um, on a on a very general scale, I would say relationships for me are just the biggest takeaway from my time at Experience Mission. Yeah, um, you know, other than I, I, I kind of highlighted those community. Oh, I don't know where he went. Jonathan, you there? Hey, I'm sorry about that. I think there's a mute. Um, yeah, no like worries. The mute button. <laughs> it's okay, no worries. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I think I highlighted the community partnerships. But I think um, 
also the staff team that I work with there. I yeah. think um, we were um, a really young staff when we all started. Um, and I think we were all, you know, kind of in this phase of growing and leading a um, um, and, and that when I first started, it was still kind of a newer organization. Uh, but I think uh, the executive director and his wife, Chris and Christy, um, I learned a lot from them because um, they were older and they had experience, but they really trusted us young people. You know, I mean, we were in the early 20s yeah. and yeah. tackling these kind of massive international projects and working cross-culturally with, you know, in different in different countries. And um, they kind of gave us the freedom. And mother, most importantly, they gave us the trust yeah. you know, to lead and step into some of these things. And I mean, in many ways, I feel like that's been kind of your experience too with like your time um, after college with Invisible Children. Like, Absolutely. you know, you're, we're, as young people, many, many people in, in society or even in the workforce, like, don't give us any credit right yeah, but yeah. i think if you find the right people that can pour into you and they can kind of lead by example and allow mm-hmm. you to just kind of like lead and make mistakes while doing it but yeah. also like create change and bring about um you know solutions that are going to be helpful in the world that we live in today like man that's a great thing to be a part of yeah and for me that's what did it i mean i think all that time um with experience mission allowed me to do that and uh, that's why i cherish um my time there that's why i continue the great friendships that i have with many of the people there still today yeah that's awesome yeah i think when you can um foster an environment where with trust and Mm -hmm. grace and forgiveness and Mm -hmm. um mentorship i mean just coming alongside someone and and being being that support system i think you really foster uh an environment for growth and success and yeah and a lot of the you know it sounds like with experience missions and even at invisible children there was a lot of those those moments as well where man you just you're put in a situation that you've never been in, yeah. but you're trusted. You're given the responsibility that you would never be given in any other yeah. you know, place. But through that, you grow as an individual, you grow as a, exactly. as a young adult, as a man. Um, and you grow, you grow in a way in which allows success to happen. And yeah. Um, and yeah, you make mistakes. It's, it's not an easy path. Like you're going to make mistakes, but it's definitely that environment when you can see it, when you see people uh, foster that environment uh, exactly. appropriately. It's it's beautiful. Yeah, I've been, you know, I feel like I grew up maybe a little bit quicker in some areas versus Ooh, others, yeah. but <laughs> that was a part of, like I said, part of the experience. And in yeah. many ways, like just going back to it, it was just lessons and I learned and you know it's like okay how do how do I go about it again and hopefully not make that same mistake again sure. you know and, yeah absolutely and tackle something new but but yeah man my time there was phenomenal and in many ways um for a while there you know up until the last couple of years here it's been kind of the only um you know professional and ministry experience that I've had but yeah um yeah so I cherish it for a long time and I will for a long time well, before we get into border perspective, what would be what is uh, 
Could you just give me a rundown or give our, our listeners a rundown of like what your day to day would be like if you're going into uh, one of your trips with experience missions? Like what does that look like? Yeah. Just a walk. Yeah. Of- so during my time at experience mission, um, I did several things. And so, I mean, I would probably say that when I was traveling and leading trips, like I'll, I'll, I'll kind of break down like my time in Costa Rica and I led a lot of trips yeah. to Costa Rica and developed some partnerships yeah. there. Um, it, it basically entailed a lot of logistical setup in order for to facilitate like programming. I don't know if you, any of you um, have ever been on service trips or mission trips, you know, as we know them within the church context. But, um, you know, think about this, like somebody's planning your transportation, somebody's planning your meal, somebody's mm-hmm. planning your lodging, <laughs> somebody's planning like the service opportunities, like yeah. somebody's planning for transitors to be there, somebody's planning yeah. for, you know, like for your everything to go wrong. Have, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And so it's like all of that, like I did in multiple countries um, yeah. you know working with different like staff members at some points community partners and then like helping execute you know the mobilization of like several dozens from dozens of people to like really large teams as yeah. well and so so sometimes my trips involve that um sometimes my trips just involved um continuing the relationship so it was all about just sure. uh, conversations you know and like envisioning about like the future and like how our programming could really impact yeah. um you know our, our partnerships um you know together and then uh other times i did uh networking uh you know so for example there was a season in the, in my year where um, all I did was go to conferences, you know, and try sure. to just develop like partnerships and and just get into like different networks because so much of um, so much of this depended on the people that we mobilized, you know, and so it's like how can we get in front of the right people and be in partnership and work alongside the people that really align with our mission and our values and they think and they see this as important as we do. So, you know, how can we do that together? Um, and other times it, it was, you know, office administrative stuff that just kind of took day to day, you know, emails, phone calls, video chats, meetings, you know, maybe not so much like the fun part of, at least yeah. for me, you know, yeah. uh, as an extrovert, as a seven in the Enneagram, like, <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely the complete opposite from that, but like, I had to learn how to do that and in many ways like I'm still challenged in learning how to do all of that because that's also an important part of being a professional and being you know working at tall just in general so um yeah I mean those are some of the things that kind of um were a part of my time there any on any given day I was doing a mixture or all of those at the same time to be really honest yeah yeah that's really cool that's really awesome Mm-hmm. Which has led you to um, really what I really want to highlight and what I really want people to um, hear about and learn yeah. about and know about uh, through this podcast. Also, I don't know if you can hear it, but Chancy Poo is in the uh, my my dog is in the in the room here and he's snoring yes. and dreaming yes. a little bit here <laughs> and. Uh, he's not waking up so if oh you hear a little gosh. a little uh little snoozing here a little dreaming of my dog that is why he's a integral part of my life i have a, a mini golden doodle so um, i love dogs as well so yeah that's i mean doesn't 
doesn't bother me. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, yeah, but border perspective. Um, yeah, man. Break it down for us. How did? Where did this idea come oh from? Um, how did it get started? You know, what what's yeah. some of the background behind it? And maybe first give us what is border perspective, and then we'll go backwards. Yeah, totally. So I kind of hinted towards like, okay, we talked about college. We talked about my time and experience mission for almost a decade. Yeah. And then um, I talked about my transition. And so uh, for the last like year and a half or so in between that time, I've been like just like doing some contract work, consulting for different like ministry and missions organizations as well. Yeah. But at the same time, I've been uh, building uh, my own organization called Border Perspective. Uh, and in many ways, um, honestly like it wasn't something that even though it's i think been um building for like the last few years yeah it's i think um it's been a part of like my entire story okay. you know it's yeah. not just something that like i think has taken uh, or has come up like lately i think i think as of late it's the conversation and the rhetoric and like how i'm processing my mm. life and yeah. um that's definitely encouraging it and like feeling it but as i dig deeper into it it's definitely been um an, it's been an entire part of me since since my childhood and yeah. um and so border perspective, um, it, you know, started, man, the first trip started in 2017. Um, but now, and I'll talk a little bit about the trip, but, but right now, basically border perspective, um, we help equip leaders. We uh, advocate for a biblical understanding and justice uh, for immigrants, and also it helps mobilize uh, the church into action. So what does all that mean, right? That's just like statements. Yeah. Uh, but basically, um, in, at the end of 2015, I was um, in my late 20s. I was 29. And um, going into 2016, an election year, right? Yep. Um, I was just wrestling internally with a lot of, um, I don't know, this kind of understanding that I've had of who I was as an individual and who I was created by God. Yeah. And so we met at Bethel, right? And so faith has been... I mean, I grew up, my parents are pastors. Mm -hmm. I grew up in the church. Well, I wanted to be there or not. Like I was born, you know, I was yeah. there. <laughs> yep. uh, and, and then going to Bethel, um, in many ways, I feel solidified my faith. And then working as a, you know, young adult uh, in the mission field uh, um, also just increased my awareness of just this picture of God that I have. And it's been like just greater, you know, every Sure. Whatever that I take, but um, I was wrestling with this kind of understanding of, you know, you always learn that uh, God created us in His image. I, at least for me, that was my, you know, understanding. That's why kind of held um, true. And then, right as um, that election you started to happen, I felt like a party that was very trusted by the church, a party that was very trusted by my parents as evangelical, as a parent, um, a party that I even, in many cases, like I remember in college, I helped um, rally like students and campaign for like George Bush, you know, yeah. like that was, I was like, like, I just, I don't know, maybe 
I like why I even asked myself like why did I do that? And I think it's because like I, there was things that I valued and things that I cared for and things that I believed in. Yeah. But in 2016, I think some of that started like come like breaking apart. Yeah. And it caused me to like wrestle internally with some some I think my identity because okay, yes, I'm created in the image of God and like God, you know, God's will is perfect and like we're, you know, were created in his image like what does that mean because i hear a voice a very loud voice in politics and in culture saying well not mexicans not immigrants because mexicans are the this or that sure. and i'm like but and it's it's i don't want to sound like naive in my thinking or under, understanding of that but yeah like like i i've held this truth for like almost 30 years of my life mm-hmm. and how how does one voice you know like i wrestle with this like how does one voice just come in and like completely dismantle that yeah i don't i don't know how it happened i don't know why it happened but to, what i know is that it happened yeah right yeah and so as i was wrestling with that i i i think many some people that know me and, and you know, kind of my circles here in Minnesota were asking me a lot about the border. They were asking me a lot about immigration. And I realized that um, I've always known it to be a very complex topic and a very complex issue. Definitely. And I, I, I knew that I didn't understand it myself. So kind of what got me into this journey, one day I was um, talking with my brother and I said, Jordan, um, would you want would you ever do an entire border length trip uh, with me? And the reason why that idea came about was because I realized that many people wanted, many people were a part of the conversation, yeah. but yet many people that were part of the conversation, like actually didn't necessarily know or understand yeah. uh, or understood. Yeah. People from the border. And so, and I even, even to take it deeper, like I understood that I didn't, even understand the border yes i grew up there my parents lived there my like i have friends there and family there. like but yet like the border is so complex Mm -hmm. you can't like you can't fully grasp it into a statement you know right and so i wanted to figure out this internal wrestling that i that i was going through and so i um embarked with my brother jordan on a on a nine day uh, border journey and so uh, as typical millennials right like my <laughs> my idea was that i think i was doing it for me i was doing it because i needed answers i needed understanding and so sure. i what i i what i knew how to do was kind of share stories through photography and so mm-hmm. um that's what we did we traveled the almost 2,000 miles of the border and wow. in every state of the way, Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, and California, we stopped in small towns and talked with people to try and understand their take on things, their perspective, uh, and hopefully those that those things would help um, Jordan and I kind of have a fuller understanding and a fuller vision of like, this is what it means to live on the border. Even though like we grew up in a small section of it in South Texas, we knew that, you know, the, the perspective and, um, and the understanding was way bigger than, than any of us. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, to be really honest with you, I think after those nine days, 
I was a little bit discouraged because I went in trying to find answers, but mm-hmm. I came back with more questions. Yeah, I came back more with more complexity that I even entered the trip with. Yeah, what um, were some of those questions that you came back with? Well, I think, for example, like, do we need, like, how important is national security, right? Sure. Uh, was one of those things because obviously, like, part of the political rhetoric is that there needs to be a wall built. Um, it was actually after 9-11, uh, after the, the terrorist attack in New York, in the Twin Towers, that um, I remember um, being back at home and the, um, the the first type like of border fence started going up in 2006 back in my hometown, right? And so yeah. I didn't pay too much attention to that. But now as I did my trip, we started, we saw about close to, I don't know, 650 miles of border fencing. Yeah. Um, you know, so I wrestled with that is uh, an infrastructure, you know, the, the best answer you know, sure. to this complex uh, issue of immigration. Uh, and in some cases, some people would say yes, and some people would say no. And I was wrestling with that because I think I've seen I've seen it work and I've heard stories of it working. And then I've heard a lot of other negative things of how yeah. it doesn't work and, 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 you know, kind of just the opposite. Um, I, I was wrestling with uh, the migration of people uh, why do people li- live, you know, a place that they call home? Why do why why do they feel like making a um, a journey so difficult and treacherous? Mm-hmm. Um, what situation do they have to be in to take to make that decision? Right definitely, to travel definitely. with their with their with their family or their loved one and leave everything that they know behind, uh, you know, and come to a new country. Uh, I was wrestling with like some of those things that while at the same time trying to wrestle even and understand my own immigration story, my own stance on even just like, what do I believe? Like, what is Mm -hmm. my voice in all of this? Because, um, I am a child from the border. I am someone who grew up there. I am someone that uh, in the last few years have been just like diving way deep into this. And even the work that I do now is completely reflective on, you know, on this region. And so um, it was interesting because I, shortly after um, the trip, I actually got invited to be at a, at a panel um, in the um, an immigration panel at Bethel, it was being pulled uh, put on by. Wow. Um, I think th- um, it wasn't necessarily like a an official Bethel event, yeah. but it was being put on by an Agli- Anglican church, um, yeah. and the venue was at Bethel. And so it was interesting that after this trip, you know, it took me back um, to to Bethel. <laughs> yeah, um, but it was there that um, I kind of was sharing some stories and I I was kind of uh, sharing with people about this border journey that I had and someone I think I can't remember who it was but it was uh, an old professor uh, that said you know the work that you're doing is so valuable they said but main culture or mainstream culture is in the one that needs this because mainstream culture is already very progressive, very inclusive in many ways. They even use the word liberal, right? Yeah. They said, but it's the evangelical church 
that's the complete opposite of that. They're the sure. ones that are close-minded. The evangelical church is the ones that, like, you know, aren't necessarily um, as progressive or as welcoming. And so they said, have you ever thought that Border Perspective could be a ministry resource? And I had, to be really honest, like, I went into this trip seeking and longing for, like, answers for myself. I never thought that yeah. many people were going to resonate with with it or mm-hmm. the message or the vision um but as i started digging deeper i started to realize that oh my gosh like in just in the u.s alone there's like 173 million christians or something like that right this was okay. based like on our research back in 2015 okay i don't know if that number might have probably decreased by now <laughs> you know sure like, like things that you hear about or whatever but out of those 173 million, this is just that number, like only 12% of evangelical Christians basically stated that uh, their view on immigration was influenced by the Bible. And mm. then out of that, they said that only 21% of evangelical Christians actually heard their church talk about immigration. So think about that. I mean, that's just like hundreds of thousands of people that are, yeah. that there are being influenced on the view of immigration by another source rather than by like society basically exactly exactly culture um p- politics the yeah. media and like and for me as as my faith background like just like I, like i said i grew up in church my parents are pastors i went to i mean went to bethel right like yeah i mean what can you get more evangelical than that like i, I don't, I've I don't think so <laughs> and, like all my adult life and like so for me, like I care a ton about the church, yeah. And so to see these statistics and to see that, to, it, it brought me back to this wrestling. Like, what well, does God? Did God make me a, a brown person, a Mexican, yeah, according to His image as well, or did He only make the American church? You know, the Anglo mm. church. And so that's when it took a shift. That's when it took a shift to really. Uh, highlight oh my gosh like i need to do some work in this and so the reality of it is that my parents church on the border is um is three miles away from the rio grande one of the uh in in the in mccallan far texas area in south texas and they have been working with immigrants for over 25 years yeah so this is nothing new to me this is nothing new to my parents yeah it's just now just it's think, in the it's in the media it's in the it's in the, exactly the eyes and the ears and mm-hmm. um people are are talking about it now kind of like you mentioned in the very beginning exactly and the thing about it shane is that I'm, and I think you know me well enough that, man, I don't like to be in the midst of controversy. Yeah. I don't like to be in, in, in conversations that are hot topic because, yeah. like, conflict I'm, isn't something that you're really excited about. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. And so it's like, I and this is part of what I'm learning to own. I'm learning how to steward this side of me. I'm learning to steward the experience, my perspective, and my understanding of the border and immigration. And so, basically, um, in the last couple of years, that's what border perspective has turned into. It's turned into, um, I think, of a, a very much a reflection of what I've done my entire adult life which is mobilize people but now mobilize people in a service kind of an immersive way to a place that's like 
that's I think misunderstood by many. And so yeah. I'm working alongside my parents who have a church on the border, very close, um, you know, probably as close to the border as can be. Yeah. And we're working with asylum seeking families. We're welcoming the stranger. I mean, literally like vividly for me, it's, we're just trying to be Jesus as much yeah. as we can. That's the, that's so, the image that came to my mind as well. You're like legitimately yeah. living out the, the red letters of the Bible. Um, yeah. And, and you know, I, I, I want I want to state this, and this isn't about me. This is your story. Um, yeah. But I think it's really interesting to see how differently you and I have wrestled with a very similar issue. Hmm. Um, you know, yours looks different. You know, you're you're wrestling with different parts of your own life and your own totally. story. Um, I I went through this as well, and I know it came out a little bit in the Bethel Boys series, but uh-huh. um, I've gone the other direction, hmm. and you know, like I. I don't, I don't call myself a Christian and yeah. uh-huh. that's actually the first time I've ever said that out loud in the public. Um, uh-huh. you know, I think most of my family and most people kind of, kind of know where I'm at with some of that. Yeah. It's not totally. that I don't believe, um, in God. It's not that I don't love Jesus's message and the red yeah. letters, you know, uh-huh. and I'm, I'm like really honored to see you take this, uh, the direction that you've gone and to wrestle with it the way you have and to, to, to do this. And, um, before we keep going, I, I want everyone out there to know, regardless of what your religious views are, Mm -hmm. um, something I've continued to say is a truth is a truth is a truth. It's a value. It's a thing that I hold on to. I don't care where the truth comes from. If it's, if it's from a different religion that you don't believe in, if it's from somebody that you don't agree with, truths are true. And and I think that as I listen to you talk and I listen to what you're trying to do and what you guys are trying to accomplish, and I know yeah. you're going to speak to this more, I want everybody to, to take down their blinders. If you have checked out because of any of the, the conversation or the religious side of things, I want you to take that down. I want you to listen and just hear, hear the deeper root of what's happening because, um, and, and what you guys are trying to accomplish. It's, this is something you care about and you're using it through the, the, uh, um, the avenue or you're, you're, you're using what you know and, and the place uh-huh. in which you come from. Um, yeah. but your message is, is so clear. It's so true. And, um, it's good. It's doing good. Yeah. It's making a difference and yeah. changing your perspective. You don't have to change your perspective on, on your faith and your religion if you don't want to, right? That's your yeah. choice. You get to do that. Exactly. But exactly. this story yeah. needs to be told. This story yeah. needs to be heard. And your perspective on the life of these individuals, these asylum seekers, these people that are, are reaching out and, and um, trying to better their lives in whatever way that is, um, be open-minded to this conversation. Don't close yourself off and let's have a conversation. I've talked about it agnosium on this podcast that (laughs) like, I don't, I don't care about the differing views. I don't want to get into those, those conversations. I want to be able to have a conversation and meet in the middle and find the things that we are alike and that we agree with. And, um, so I really want that to be stated that if you're listening right now and you're having trouble getting past some of the maybe some of the rhetoric or some of the conversation that you're having, um, please put down your blinders. Please put down yeah. your your earmuffs and open your ears. Just just listen, just hear and hear what Jonathan's saying yeah. because it's important. It's an important story and we all need to hear it. 
with that said please continue (laughs) no i appreciate you saying that and i appreciate you being open about even where you're at because like i don't i don't know if it's i don't know if it's as we get older but i continue to say this like we're all seeking we're all searching absolutely i think um i think wherever that lands us like we have to be at peace with that right yeah and so for me like i said like my entire life journey has been in the church. My yeah, entire same. life journey Mine has is been. Too. <laughs> yeah, and and so it's and so I I mean, you're not the first friend that I speak to who says like I'm no longer a Christian and I'm no longer a Christian because these are the things that matter to me yeah. and the church isn't doing it. These are the things that matter to me and the church isn't responding. These yeah. are the things that matter to me and the church isn't leading me in them. To yeah. be completely transparent with you, like Border Perspective came about because I was waiting for the church to lead me. I was waiting for the church to take the lead on this and guide me in it because I want to be guided by yeah my spiritual fathers i want to be guided by scripture i want to be guided by the people that are influential and have authority over my life but and those they've people let you down. did not do it they let me down and so i was tired of waiting because even this is three years later even now those people are still not ready those people are yeah. not having the conversation those people are you know are not tackling the hard things that matter to to myself and that matter i believe to our generation yeah and, and unfortunately so, they may never and, and, and I, I hope that exactly. that's, I hope that, I hope that that isn't true, but here's yeah. the thing that if you're bashing millennials out there, cause we technically are in that little <laughs> thing, yeah. this is, this yeah. is what I also say. We're, we're in good shape. We're going to yeah. be okay. This is yeah. our responsibility, Jonathan, yours, yeah. mine, everybody that's listening here. It's our responsibility to change mm-hmm. the narrative, to change yeah. the things that we hear and to push yeah. the conversations that we want to have, the, mm-hmm. to, to change the lives of other people and to change our culture in the direction that we want it to change for good. And, yeah. and that's what Crazy Face Uno that's 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 the message it's yeah, being and i think it's being filtered and it's not quite there yet you know like i i don't totally. i know that it's broad i know that it doesn't have this like finite direction that everybody maybe wants it to have right now but this is this is the conversation that i want to have and these are the yeah. these are the conversations i want to continue to have so and that's the beauty about you and i talking even i think um I think one of the reasons you're inviting me on is like you want to understand a little bit better, oh, right? Absolutely. And, and as much as that, like I'm trying to understand a little bit better. I'm not like, yes, this is my life story. I've walked it. I lived it. This is the work that I do now. But like in many ways, I'm still learning. Like you know, every single day, I'm still learning. One of the absolutely. so I was just in South Texas on the South Texas border at the end of last week on Thursday and Friday. Yeah. And as a new parent, Shane. Um, I'll tell you this scene that I saw walking into a humanitarian shelter on Friday morning. Uh, We were getting a tour and we're doing some work there and we walk into this shelter and on the ground, on the cold floor, on a very thin um, pad, uh, there was a one-month-old child that had just been born on the Mexican side of the border a month earlier. Mm. The mom, eventually we got to talk to her. She was 21 years old and she left two months prior to us meeting her on Friday. She left from Honduras. She walked through most of Central America, through Mexico, and she found herself pregnant. She was pregnant, found herself giving birth on, in, on the Mexican border, and eventually, a month later, she's at the shelter in South Texas. Wow. As a new parent, do you, do you know what that does to my heart? I can't imagine. I point, honestly just can't imagine. At this point, it's not about whether she's 
she's doing something legal or illegally or she's documented or undocumented. Fortunately enough, she's pursuing a legal path to asylum, yeah. you know, to seek asylum, which is a legal thing, you know, yeah. in the world. Um, and so she's at, she found herself at this refuge. But for me, she's a human being. It's her humanity. It's the humanity of that one-month-old child. You know, the things that divide us are, yeah, our political stands are the things that we see that are right or wrong. But in this instance, as a father, for me, I can't imagine taking up whatever I own, my family, my child, and like, you know, journeying through nations to find something better for whatever the reason is. And I didn't get in deep into her story to really try and understand that, yeah. but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like what matters is the fact that there's a one month old baby laying on a cold floor and she needs help. You know what I mean? She wants help. And, she... And, she, and they need help. And how are we responding? And yeah. so for me, it's not about converting them to become a Christian. It's not about forcing my faith upon them. It's about the way that I respond to someone who is in need. That's mm. what matters to me. Absolutely. And so I'm doing it in the avenue of faith because this is what I know. Yeah. I've been surrounded and influenced by the church my entire life. My parents yeah. continued to lead a ministry to immigrants for their for, for almost twenty five for over twenty five years. So this is how I know how to respond, but yeah. never in a way that I'm trying to convert somebody never in a way that i'm trying to change somebody's mind but i just want to be more like jesus i just want to be more compassionate i want to be empathetic i want to understand and like you said i want to have a balanced perspective i want to bring people to the middle i want to have conversations yeah you know even with people that uh and dialogue with people that don't agree with me because that is what i truly believe that that is why we're so indifferent towards one another because we don't listen to one another anymore mm-hmm. and the fact that you're wrestling i'm wrestling with my faith and the fact that you said like i left my faith well like we can talk about that yeah absolutely and we need to be okay with you being where you're at and me being where i am and absolutely. it's like we're all chipping away at something that is called life and at the end of the day like Man, I just hope for me and my words, like I just hope that that God uses that in whatever way He will. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and for so sure. that's my understanding of it, and that's why. I mean, that story is one of many, you know, that I've mm-hmm. encountered as we do this work on the border. But that, it, as heartbreaking as that is, like that, um, it motivates me and encourages me, and it's just like that's a part of the story that I need to be more vocal about. That's a part of the story that um, on immigration that I'm learning how to steward better because I've shied away from that for most of my twenties. I've shied away from the fact that I'm Mexican. Um, I shied away from the fact that I have an immigration perspective. I've shied away from the fact that I grew up on the border and I know the border. And so that's what we do. We take people on these trips and we immerse them. We do some learning. We do some service, but holistically try to bring them into um, an understanding of how not to give them answers, but just (laughs) to allow them to enter into the the complexity of a much bigger experience in life that people who live there, you know, are living. Yeah. Okay. So you, you've touched on a few things. One part of border perspective is you're providing, um, an avenue for people. Sounds like specifically more geared towards people in the church, but, um, just people in general Mm -hmm. to experience, um, 
the different stories of the, the life on the border in, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah, totally. And you know, our trips are our, our, our trips. I'll go back to that stat that I shared um, because I I care so much about the church and I saw those staggering statistics that yeah. said the church has a blind spot. Yes, I'm catering these trips to people that are in front of congregations, people that are leading our Christian organizations. Absolutely, because we're the ones that we're the ones that are helping shape, uh, you know, the atmosphere within that context of a church setting or an organization. Absolutely. And so, I want to help bring that balanced perspective uh, among those leaders. But at the same time, like we're not opposed if, you know, we've hosted uh, several people. I mean, we've hosted from some politicians who are of no faith to, uh, you know, to people that are in the sure. medical field who yeah. just want to come and help. Like, yeah. and so by any means, we, we don't have a certain like, you know, uh, checkbox that if you don't fit this, you can't participate in some of the programming yeah. that we yeah. have. Good for you guys. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then what are some of the other specifics? What are other ways that you guys are providing and, and yeah. being, being you know, to, to say it in words that you've already used, being Jesus to these people, uh, to, yeah, totally. to being compassionate, to loving, to caring, to actually meeting their needs? Yeah, yeah so we talked about these trips. And so, like, one, that's one of the most tangible ways that, like, I'm inviting people to come journey the border with us, with my parents and help um, kind of helping bring different voices and just learn together. Right. Another thing that we've been doing um, just because of the literally, I mean, thousands and thousands of asylum seekers that have flooded the borders. um, People are in need of just the most practical things. I mean, and I'm talking about like hygiene items. I'm talking about toothpaste, toothbrush, you know, deodorant, like things yeah. that many of us have, you know, take for granted. I mean, you know, in our homes. But so we have a welcome, we call it a welcome kids campaign. Uh, the welcome kids campaign basically helps us to meet some of the physical, emotional, and spiritual needs of asylum seeking families that are seeking refuge uh, on the border. Yeah. So basically, that's um, for $15, uh, we, we pack um, a hygiene kit. Uh, for a family and because this is going back to like you know our my faith journey too like what i see um in these stories is that people um are being emotionally broken their spirit they're losing hope yeah and so the way that i know how to provide hope and encouragement is through christ because for me christ is you know, Christ restores and renews all yeah. things and brings me hope and peace. And so, yes, we're meeting. If someone's hungry, we're giving them food. If someone needs uh, a shower kit, we're giving them that. If someone has emotional and spiritual needs, like we're also like listening to them and praying with them and giving them just an encouraging text, you know, um, that's going to be uplifting to them. And, and in many cases, sharing a Bible with them. Um, and like I said, and not in an effort to convert them, but just because I truly believe that many people are longing for something new and something different but here's the thing like and and i don't know if it's naive of me to say this but i i don't believe so like making one more dollar isn't gonna be bring peace to my life like making you know like achieving the american dream is not completely going to fulfill me physically right and so like 
I think we're all searching for hope. We're all searching for internal peace. That's yeah. why I think, other than like leaving the atrocities that we're facing, leaving the atrocities that we're facing in our home country, that's why people are leaving. Like, well, I think we're all longing for this bigger meaning of life and peace and hope and like a better and maybe we can say that a better life but like how do you do that how do you get there and so for me it's just inviting people to that journey because that's what's happened for me and i'm not saying i'm perfect by any means and because i'm very much still on that journey yeah. but this is a way that we're just encouraging people helping people physically emotionally and spiritually because i truly think that it has to be holistic i can't yeah. do one versus the other because there's so much physical need and there's so much trauma happening and it's like how do you address all of that right i'm taking notes as i go but um what are some of the what are some of the things you're lacking within, like, what, what are your needs as an organization, um, as, as you, as, as an individual, as, uh, you know, one of the leaders yeah. and the founders of this, along with your family and, and your brother, it, you are all involved with this, correct? Like, it's mm-hmm. you, your brother, yeah. your mom, and your dad that are kind of... Yeah. On the- yeah, so it's a family endeavor. Um, you know, my so my parents are local. Obviously, I live in Minneapolis, and people will, how are you cleaning this border thing? Well, like, man, since April, I've been there almost like every month, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, for a week at a time or just a few days at a time. And so, uh, you know, it's taken a toll on my family, too. But the important thing is that, like, this, my parents need support. Um, the important thing is that, like, nobody, none of us, and even, even law enforcement agencies, like, we're completely overwhelmed with the amount of people that are coming through a border. Nobody chose this. Everybody's trying to now respond on how to like handle yeah. this crisis because it is a crisis. And so, um, I would say the, the biggest thing for people, the biggest thing that allows us to do the work that we're doing is, um, on our website, you can go to borderperspective.org and you can give either $15, $15 will help fund one of these kids you know, for an individual, uh, or you can assemble kits yourself. We've had, um, we've had some people that are giving up their birthdays. It's, it's incredible because I've never anticipated that my personal journey was going to also invite other people into it to support and help. But I'm encouraged by some people giving up their birthdays and, and bringing their friends together and assembling kits and then mailing them to us. You know, yeah. I've had uh, student groups and colleges and universities assemble these things and, and like send them to us. And so whether you can give $15 or you have a group of friends, uh, you know, and, or you want to give up your birthday, whatever that looks like, like we're accepting all of these donations because it's just helping us to further the work that's already doing that we're that we're doing um on yeah. the border with many of these families that are in need yeah so just if you're listening out there go to the website what's the website borderperspective.org borderperspective.org um, i'm gonna write that down myself yeah um i know i've got it but borderperspective.org um and and be a part and and I'm trying to process how Crazy Face Soon is going to play a part. Uh, we're going to financially be supporting Border Perspective. Wow. Thank um, you so much. Yeah, I, I can't put a number on that at the moment, but I yeah. would like to, uh, as we get off this, um, you know, the podcast, I'd, I'm, I'd love to have a more of an in-depth conversation with you and how we can work together to, to help you. Um, be looking out for a matching campaign Um from us at, at Crazy Face Uno here and just in, in our involvement because um, 
I'd already kind of uh, in my head before this had even started knew that this was something that I wanted to be involved in and I wanted to support. And uh, yeah. I, I would really like to to find a way for for you, uh, for Border Perspective and, and for Crazy Face Uno to, um, you know, to be partners and, and to help one another yeah. and, and what we're trying to accomplish. And so for sure. um, if you're listening, be a part. Um, $15, you can put together your own kits. If you need contact information, I'm sure you can find that on the website. You can also reach mm-hmm. out to us at crazy face, Uno, and, uh, we're going to help. We're going to help in every, in any way we can. So, um, what is the future of border perspective? What are you, what's your goal? What do you want to see happen? Yeah. Um, where do you see this going in, in, in five years? If you're to look back at oh, where you started <laughs> to where you're going, where, what do you yeah. want it to look like? It's incredible to think that I'm now leading Border Perspective because uh, if you told me that when I left, just bringing it back to the earlier conversation, when I left Experience yeah. Mission, I was going to be leading kind of Border Perspective and, and and stepping deeper into like my identity and wrestling with that. Yeah. Uh, that, that scares me. That scares... Yeah. <laughs> like, that's scary <laughs> to me. And... Um, but I've heard just lately too that the things that scares you the most, it's what you have to be doing. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so, like, I can't. To be really honest, like, it's been a really rocky like last and a half year um, yeah. of like just trying to build something from scratch. I mean, you're kind of going through that process yourself, right? Yeah, I and get so it. So there's sacrifice. <laughs> there's like, I mean, yeah, we don't even have to go into all the details. But um, to be really honest with you, like, I'm excited about the future of border perspective because uh, the reality of the need of the immigrant is that it's been there before this president is going to continue to be there before this president. And so um, I want to build something um, long lasting. Yeah. That uh, is that hopefully it even um, outgrows me and outlives me, to be really yeah. honest. You yeah. know, I think we would all be in a really great place if you know we talk about legacy if we could do that for other people Mm. and so um hope that border perspective outgrows me that it outlives me that when my family's no longer at the border that many people are being reached and influenced and helped because of something that we help start and so i mean tangibly in the next year in 2020 uh we're gonna have six different um, individual trips out there for leaders and people that want to join us on these and so we kept these at like 15 to 20 people um at one time so there's going to be six different dates uh we also have some group opportunities for people to bring their um you know just a student group whether it's your college group or whether you're a church um and then i think we're just going to continue diving deep into like what are the needs to um really um support uh, immigrants, whether they're on the border or in different places of our nation, um, in a sustainable way. I, and I don't know what that means. I mean, I don't know if that's um, creating something more sustainable, like jobs. I don't know if that means creating yeah. more campaigns like this. But I, I, we definitely want to think deeper and, and long term about what is look what it looks like for us to invest into the the future of making border perspective be sustainable and uh, active and uh, like I said to a place where it can really have impact on yeah. my past myself absolutely and you know I I think that that's I can resonate with a lot of what you just said um, you know I I want to point out that I'm sure you've experienced some of this with experienced missions, even though it was 
a smaller group. There's always red tape. Um, there's always a lot of like just stuff you have to, to, to get through in order to, um, make. And I think that by keeping things kind of open-minded and and opening that conversation of of even the perspective for yourself, of being able to adjust and adapt on the fly, something that I learned through invisible children is one of the biggest things you can be able Mm. to do is to be able to go, this is the need right now. Yeah. And if that changes within three months, then we're going to change and we're going to adjust yeah. and we're going to adapt. Yeah. Um, but the foundation and what we're trying to do is is always going to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really respect that. And I hope that people that are listening, it's not that you guys don't have an agenda or, or where goals you're going. It's that you are intentionally keeping things open mm-hmm. to adjust to the need as things change and things grow. And, and, and as, um, you become yeah. more wise, as you become more, uh, have a better understanding of some of the needs you've said it before yeah. you said at the beginning, this is a complex issue. Mm-hmm. Complex issues mm-hmm. don't change overnight. Things aren't yeah, going to happen exactly. overnight. And like you said, you know, whether it's this, this issue happened, Prior to our, our president now, there was there was issues then, there's issues now, and it's going to proceed um, into the future with whoever takes over and, and whoever is in in charge of our country well into the future. And so yeah. it's one of those things that um, it's it's being able to just be present and, and knowing the need. Uh, so yeah. I really respect that a lot, and I, I think that that's a, that's a wise move yeah, in a lot of ways. So. I mean- on a practical level, I'm telling you, like a year, probably a year and a couple months ago, um, when we first started doing work. So, you know, we've always done work long term with families who settle on the border and who, you know, start a new life there. But um, it was probably last summer sometime. Uh, we first, when we first met a group of about like 75 people, and these people were from Haiti. Mm-hmm. Cuba and Venezuela and then you know as we started meeting other small groups from you know, groups of 12 groups of 10 groups of five and then all of a sudden like just this year at the beginning of this year it was a thousand people a day you know yeah and so like you can't plan for that no <laughs> you know you, and the like, needs are great. I don't think that people the, understand what a thousand yeah. people and, and serving a thousand people what that's like oh that, is, that is that yeah. is uh you know I mean a thousand people is, I mean, that's just, it's a lot. It's almost like my high school, small town high school. I mean, and so that's what the change, like there's every day looks different for us. Yeah. Uh, Every day looks different for my parents because they're also the ones in the front lines. And so we're just trying to steward it as best as we can. We're trying to step in as best as we can and help as best as we can. So, um, you know, if the, if, Today, this is what makes sense. This is what makes sense for today because this is the need in front of us. Tomorrow or five a year from now it might look very different, you know. But I think um, we're just holding it open-handedly because um, I don't know. It's hard work, but it's good work, and so yeah. I appreciate your uh, your time to just kind of dig deeper into kind of the background of the story. And, Absolutely. Um, and just kind of get it in front of um, kind of your tribe, you know, in its yeah. own way. And so. Yeah. Um, Thank well, you, you so always much. have a voice here. You always have a voice. And, and if Thank the you. need comes and, and you need, you know, a, a voice to speak from, a platform to speak from, um, 
we'll we'll adjust here as well and, and make sure that you thank have you. that voice. So, um, yes, again, I want to support you in, in any way I can and um, any way that, you know, Crazy Face Uno can, especially financially. I know that that's always a great need. And um, we are that's a that's part of part of the process of crazy face, you know, yeah. right now is kind of exploring, uh, you know, that Avenue of bringing money in, but, um, really looking at how we're bringing money in to give it away. It's not for us. Mm-hmm. It's for other people. Yeah. So, um, that's really important to, to the mission that I have with crazy face, Uno and, and seeing where that goes. So you are, awesome. you're at the top of the list. Uh, you know, one of the, one of the people at the top of the list in this, this organization that you've created, um, that I would love to be a part of and love to uh, invest yeah. into. So, um, thank you so much. Absolutely, absolutely. Man, Jonathan, um, <laughs> we went so deep into things. I I think we're just gonna call it right there. I think we've. Yeah. I think that's uh, <laughs> we've covered enough, and I think that's a deep enough conversation. Yeah. Um, hopefully, we can have you back on, you know, in the near future, and and we yeah. can talk a little bit more and dive into a little bit more about you and some of the other things that you're involved in. For and sure. and uh, I think that would be fun. And, and just to hear, I would, honestly, one of the, the biggest things I'd really like to hear at this point in time is your immigration story. And yeah. I think that that would be powerful as well. And, and, you know, you've talked about wrestling with some of those different things and yeah. uh, I would love to, to chat with you more about that. So let's keep that sure. on the, the forefront of our minds and um, yeah. let's work, work together to see what we can do with that in the near future. Okay. But so let's plug uh, borderperspective.org. Um, please yeah. go to borderperspective.org. Check out the different ways you can um, get involved, whether that's, you know, in the near future, in the next year or so, being one of the people that you can be a person on one of the trips potentially and um, or just donating, you know, $15 to uh at least fifteen dollars donate more um yeah <laughs> to to help with these kits that are helping with the needs of people um directly that are coming and, and seeking asylum and and that border perspective is is meeting and talking to and, and helping um what else what what other ways can people stay involved can they stay involved through through your instagram through border yeah, perspective I, w- I would say yeah i mean um you know if, if people decide to kind of learn more about my story um yeah i mean i'm all over i'm typical millennial we're all over social media right so jonathan (laughs) moya but i would say most importantly follow border perspective on all social medias and you can just kind of stay updated uh on some of the stuff that's coming up some of our needs some of the progress and impact but i would say border perspective um you know on twitter facebook uh, Instagram. Absolutely. Um, yep. So, so we'll be, I'll be sharing those when we post this. Um, and that way you can, uh, have easy access to those, those avenues. Um, we'll make sure that we can spread the word as much as possible. So awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Shane. Thank you for your time. And I'm excited, uh, to, yeah, just keep, talking with you and um, i'm excited about your project too and so thank you so anyway, much we can be a support i'm excited for you so awesome thank you jonathan and remember everybody um crazy face uno is inspiring others to do good and make a difference and this is one way that you can do that both locally and in a global um mind as well so uh go visit borderperspective.org 
and let's help out Jonathan and uh, this this organization that's doing some great work. I love you all out there. Thank you so much. Uh, Jonathan, thanks again. Love you guys. Peace.